Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Hey guys, let's get going. I'll see you at the studio. Okay. Come on, guys. Where's JC? Oh, wait. Oh, you met the other studio, didn't you? It's Footy Prime, James Sharman, come on down, Jimmy Brennan, come on down, Craig Forrest, come on down, Dan Wong, come on down, Amy Walsh, stay where you are. <laughs> this is Footy Prime on One Soccer. Let's get this party started, etc. All right, it's our penultimate show, everyone. Wow. That means the mm. one before the last one. That's what it means. Yeah. yeah it's a long Is that word. our word of the day? Penultimate? Yeah. yeah we're going to try right. and squeeze in as many times as possible today, okay? Right. Penultimate show. It's okay. been fun so far. So we thought we'd really raise up the, the party feel today and talk about retirement. <laughs> <laughs> retirement. Obviously, it's big news right now in the football world in Canada mm, with yep. Michael Bradley, of course, over the weekend. Sinky, Christian Sinclair. Sinky. Sinky. Huh? Hard right. Way to got go, right. Charms. Yeah. Trying yeah. to say zeitgeist today, too. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please don't use that word anymore. <laughs> alacrity. We're going to use the word alacrity later on. We are going to use that on. later on, yes. yeah. But yeah, you know, so retirement's a bit of a, a theme in Canadian football. And it's obviously, you guys retired a long, long time ago. All right. But, but <laughs> <laughs> watching. One, one less long. But it made me think watching Barcelona yesterday, right? This, this young kid, Mark Guillou, you say how you pronounce it, he's 17 years old. Yeah. Comes on for Barcelona in his first match. First touch, scores a goal. Second touch, I think. Okay, you are so pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> there may have been a touch. I hope we're going to say we're going to get it right. Well, wait, was it two? Two touch. Well, okay. okay. Right? If it was his first touch. Yeah. Now, he's arguing that it was his first touches. Yeah. And that should count as his first touch. I just thought, well, if we're going to be actually accurate, I think he touched it twice. I'm with you on this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? when did we care about accuracy on this show. Good point. Right, right. now. 
right everyone's seen right and wrong. We don't give a crap about accuracy, right? <laughs> that is true. I'm yeah. getting fact checked. Richard Scott, <laughs> former communications director at uh, Canada Soccer, mm -hmm. goes, just so you know. And he had like fact checks, and I'm like, oh my God. Really? Oh, yeah, that's that's fact very useful. You're under pressure. Not really. I don't yeah, know. can't wait to. Well, there's going to be right at least two or three wrong. Um, but yeah, was, watching that though, this, this young kid in his first match, and whether it's his first, second touch, he scores a goal, <laughs> and what that meant to him, the memories. I mean, that's now going to be forever. You know, um, it could be a statue of him one day. Who knows? But did it make you guys think back to those those halcyon days, simpler times mm. when you were so so young, experiencing professional football for the first time? and then, then the whole career path afterwards. Uh, I don't think it really took me back because it's such a different experience for him than it would be for certainly a goalkeeper. Okay. Right? <laughs> you know, cheering, sliding on your knees wasn't something we did very often, but um, I was just excited for him because when you see somebody at that age, you know, never heard of this kid before, just this conveyor belt of talent that comes out of Barcelona and then this you know, first 36, sec 36 seconds, I think he was on the pitch. He scored. You sure know. it was 36, not 35 or 37? No, I think it was 36, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right, you should be accurate. Should yeah, it yeah. should be. <laughs> to be accurate. Yeah, but amazing, amazing. Well. No, it is. It's great to see the young players. So just, I think because of the fact as well, when you, you kind of look back at it when, when you were younger and how hard you worked to get into that first team and you're just waiting for that opportunity. Yeah. And it, it's a dream to, to get on the pitch and score. I mean, it's a dream just to, to play at that young age, but mm -hmm. to get a goal as well, just stepping onto the pitch, what a rush of feeling that must have been. And at 17, you know, like so those jumps that he's making through the, the age groups and getting in these teams and playing, you know, is quite significant. And then at 17, it's, it's hitting you in the side of the head pretty fast. It's, it's, a, it's a lot to deal with for for a player, and they always talk about protecting those players at, at that age a little bit. And I think that 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 would be would be the case as well to try to protect them a little bit around the, the media and whatnot, because it's a it's a it's a big thing for him as well uh, coming out of the gates and the popularity that he's going to have literally overnight, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, I think about it too. I think about my first cap with the national team, and I think about my mentality, and I think about the way I felt going into that match, and I felt hugely confident. I wasn't worried about making a mistake. I just felt, um, it just felt like the right time. So I think it's, you know, I think it was Craig or you were just talking about it. You make sure that you're setting them up for success and, um, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, but it, but if you have the, you have the talent, you have the ability and you have that right mindset, then you're going to have success. Not necessarily in the first 30 seconds that you're on the pitch. 36. That's what, what dreams you know, <laughs> right. better get that right. That's what, that's the stuff that dreams are made of. Right. But I mean, yeah. I just think to have success and to have longevity in your career, those initial moments are really crucial. It's always hard as well, because when, when you're a young player and you get into that first team, you get a taste of it. You get a taste of it because you've worked so hard to get there. And then when the managers, they do tend to manage you, right? Because they just throw you in the deep end and all of a sudden you're going to play 30 games now. So you, you'll get a little taste here and there. Then you go back into the, maybe the reserve team to get your games and yeah. you come back up into the first team. And, mm -hmm. But I remember I, got my, I made my debut and I played the next match. And I mean, I only got in because one of the players, senior players, was injured. Right, so that was my opportunity to get That's in. That's usually the way. Yeah, senior player, he, he ends up coming back, and then I'm back in the reserves, you know, traveling on a bus and playing in front of no fans, and I'm going, I need to get back into that first team. Yeah. But it actually pushes you even harder because when you get in there, you want to stay in there. 
right? Yeah. A taste of it, right? Oh, you get a taste of it. Now, now Xavi at Barca, I mean, he's, he's already um, blooded uh, Lamine Lamal, Yamal this season as well, 16 years of age. That there's so many young players in that team. He says, is there that no fear that these kids feel, that youthful naivety almost, dubs, is actually a real benefit. And that's great for players like these guys who, who've jumped in that first team squad and done well, but it's not always the case, surely. There must be those without any fear, but other players who feel a ton of fear in that environment. Yeah, I think it's always walking that line and and making sure you're equipping them with, you know, uh, an environment where they can be mentored, whether, as Jimmy was saying, with, with the management and giving them a little bit of a taste of it and then backing them out of it but also surrounding them with players who have experience and and showing them the way and making sure that it's that fearlessness and not a sense of entitlement. I think that's critical, um, again, for their own success, but then for them fitting in as an important piece as part of the, the team structure and the club philosophy. Do you know, I've got to tell a couple of stories too, though. I remember the, my first road trip uh, when I got it, broke into the first team. So you get on the bus and you notice like everybody's got their own seats. So I get on and I'm like, okay, I'll just sit, I'll sit here. And all of a sudden one of the senior pros come, what are you doing? Well, I'm just sitting down, get out of my seat. I must've got thrown out about seven seats all the way right? Yeah. I end up in this far corner at the back of the bus sort of thing. By the bathroom. Yeah, then the manager calls me. He's like, Jimmy, come here. So I have to go to the front of the bus. He goes, uh, and on the buses they had all the, they've got kitchens, right? And it's sectioned off usually, so yeah. the front of the bus has got a door, so right? You're yeah. completely separated from the other. So <laughs> I get to the front, I see the manager, I said, what's up? And he goes, uh, make me a coffee, please, son. I went, what? He goes, make me a coffee. Okay, what'd you take in it? Just cream and sugar, okay, no problem. Then the assistant, I'll have one as well. Yeah. I went back, I had to make 25 coffees <laughs> on that bus. Yeah. 25 coffees. Yeah, it's tough being the young guy. It, that's what I was thinking too from a 17-year-old's point of view. I mean, you're just, you're just trying to, you know, Blend, you know, keep your head down almost. Try to keep your head down, yeah. And you don't you want to speak to anybody unless they speak to you. And you know, you're look, you're in a dressing room with just legends as well for this kid, right? And yeah. Well, West, West Ham, when you were, you're a veteran, and Joe Cole's coming through, mm -hmm. Frank Lampard's coming through, Rio Ferdinand, yeah. right? Yeah. At that age, did they have a swagger about them? Because they, they became superstars. They did have a swagger. Yeah, Joe Cole had. I mean, he wasn't overly, you know. He was confident, he, didn't, he wasn't arrogant in any way, but even at 12, 13, he knew he was good. And Rio Ferdinand, the same thing, and Frank, the same. Well, they won the FA Youth Cup, uh, they had a great side, and those guys just, they, they went in and the confidence that he had. I've never known somebody at that age either, when I was in goal playing with Rio, how he wanted the ball in tight spots. You know, like, didn't matter if anybody was on his back, he just laid into the right area. If he's on my right shoulder, put it on my, le on my left foot. I'm just like, uh, you know, <laughs> just, I didn't really want to do it. Because usually, you know, if the goalkeeper throws it, to, if they lose it, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why did you give him there? It's too tight. Yeah. But he didn't care about that. He was just so confident on the ball. And big, big lad, too. But Dubs, oh. you know, you hear these stories, right? But then, before you know it, your career is done. It's finished. Oh, jeez. Blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, tell the the yeah. you guys tell me this all the time. You guys tell me this all the time. You know, at the time, you don't think it's ever going to end, right? Yes. Just picks you up and just gives you one yeah, of those. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so horribly no, envious of you guys, that's why. <laughs> Sharms, before we, we get to that, I want to go back to Jimmy's story about making all the coffees for everybody. <laughs> Do you think now in, in this with this new generation 
and, and coming into a team and you're that, you know, that, that youthful superstar and you're coming up, maybe not even through the youth team, but you're immediately onto that first team and you have the potential to be a star. Do you think there's still that type of initiation as it were, that's taking place, obviously minus the awful hazing that we hear about, but do you think that there's still that stuff that happens where you, you have to make your place by doing the grunt work? Cause I think that's important to figure out your pecking order in the team. Well, I think first you'd probably have to text them or FaceTime them to get their attention. <laughs> Yeah, I put your order in through a text. Yeah, can you make me? I think, can I you make me a coffee, you, please? You, you snap them, Jimmy. Mm. What is it? You snap? snap them. I think I'd have to snap them. I'm not sure. I think because we had the YTSU training scheme, right? So uh, you could argue that the the clubs took advantage of these young players. You know, 95% of them aren't going to ever get out of the youth team, and they work you. You're cleaning the stands, you're cleaning the boot boots, the toilets, and everything else. But at the other side of things, you, you learn this discipline. So when you do get released, you've got some life skills a little bit and some discipline. Making coffee you. and cleaning toilets. Well, I mean, just, well, no, this is it. Well, there, there you go. That's yeah. the argument. They're saying, well, this has nothing to do with it. So they don't have to do that anymore. But I've also seen where, you know, we get off the bus, even as a senior player, if the kit man stand there and he's got a bunch of kit and he's got balls, you go over, you don't even think about it. You grab a, grab something, grab some kit and help him out. Mm. I just watch the young kids now. They're just Below, right past them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you but know? you know, like with the apprenticeship that we had to do as well, it was about respecting the game, respecting the club. Like you, you, we'd have to go clean the away dressing room, the home dressing room, polish boots, all around the stadium. You'd have to help out with all everybody, all the employees. Yeah, I mean, even the, the we had the the laundry lady at the, at the time, and we we'd have to go in there and help fold clothes. Yeah, and put all the first teams. You know, yeah. all the gear into the pigeonholes so that everything was ready in the morning. And what a disaster these dressing rooms were after the games. Right. You There's tape and snot and pee everywhere. And you're pee? just, yeah, it's, <laughs> just a, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disaster. But they're not urinals. So that's why after the <laughs> fact. The and the that room. was the women's side. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. That was just the women's That was just the women's team. <laughs> well, Amy, way better than the guys, for sure. Our, ours looked way better than the men's locker you, room, 100%. Where was the, I don't doubt it. Where was the initiation or hazing? Where was it worse, at Nebraska or Canada women's team? What did you do? There, because oh. Nebraska, I could see going. I mean, they're a bunch of hay seeds. Sorry, Nebraska. Um, <laughs> what did you have to do? Were there like farm <laughs> things that had to go on? Oh, Wonger, come on. No, it was. Uh, I just meant like going out into around. the field and playing tag. So many steps. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, Jeez. What is happening? Come at me, folks. <laughs> come at me. <laughs> It was mostly centered around getting really, really boozed, right? And 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 also around humiliation. But I think would it going be, back to what would it be hazing? Would that be considered hazing? Yeah. I mean, probably things that I did as part of initiation there and at Nebraska, or sorry, at McGill, that would could not be done today. Right. Absolutely not. Right. So where's the line drawn between initiation and hazing? Well, it's the same sort of thing, but what level or where do you... Yeah, do precisely you right. Where's yeah. the line drawn? Well, I, I want to hear Amy's answer to Initiation's that. Initiation's not a negative thing necessarily. No. Right? Mm. no it's getting the group all. together, making you feel more comfortable in that environment. Now, hazing takes it to a brand new level, right? Mm -hmm. Not cool. Right. But initiation is important. We hope we don't lose that in, in sport. Dubs? Yeah, because I think it's all about that culture of, of respect, self-respect, but also respect for, for other people, for, for the veterans, for the outfit, for, as Jimmy was saying, and any employee of, of the club. 
and then what it means to be a professional and what it means to that individual club. Um, so it's taking care of yourself, taking care of your teammates, taking care of everybody who's associated with that badge. And that includes pushing in your chair after you've had your meal. It includes picking up after yourself in the locker room. It includes when you're on the road, not leaving traces of, of, of your club in any way um, and, and helping the kit man or a kit woman or whatever it is, but you're chipping in and everybody does their part. That's part of the initiation, mm -hmm. but anything that involves humiliation or degradation that does not have a part in it. You know, it's interesting. We talk about that and like how the Japanese, they clean the dress yeah. rooms after the game and it was a big deal. And it was just, it's not really a big deal, but it goes a long way. And also as a team, as a unit, just having that respect goes a long way off the field. And then it translate on the field as well, as we can see how well they're doing. I wanted to bring up while we were talking about retirement uh, yesterday, Sharms and I were saying, hey, how do we wrap this around, you know, a good conversation? So we put out a poll last night on Twitter <laughs> slash X. Who would you like to see discover immortality and don the Canadian red again in their prime? And we put our three former pros, Jimmy Brennan, Craig Forrest, Amy Walsh. Jimmy Brennan's at 14 percent. You're losing. Amy Walsh, 26.5 percent. What? And Craig Forrest ah, at it. close to 60%. Wow. So wow. people want to see Craig in his prime but coming you, back from immortality. But you should have had none of the above on the bottom, and that would have been, <laughs> yeah. that, that have been 95%. Let's put this in the context, because I understand the voting there. I think they, the, the fans look at Canada right now, and they've got a pretty good left-sided player at the moment in Alfonso Davis, right? Good point. So, so Jimmy isn't needed quite as much now in that position. That's fair to say, right? Fonzie's pretty good, right? Now, in Dubbers' case, I think it's we've right. seen with the women recently, <laughs> yeah. with Desiree Scott, you know, out, they, they missed that leadership, that, that shit disturber in the midfield. Yeah. They missed that, right? Yep. They want Dubs and that should be great in this current team. And for Canada, they've produced good goalkeepers over the years, you know, from, from Onstad to Dolly to mm -hmm. Lars Hirschfeld. Mm -hmm. to, to, Do you know Latiri? Yup. Tony Chersky. Good, good, good goalkeeper. Yeah. Right? And Milan's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. And Max yeah. Capo is a good, good goalkeeper. No, nothing's Craig Forrest. Well, thank and, you. And, and listen, these, you're my mates. We can say this, right? Yeah. I think you'd walk into that team right now. Oh, thanks. And that's the Usually you'd slaughter me. So I know, I, I, right. Well, every now and again, Craig. That's really yeah. saying something. Every now and again. But I think there's a reason for the voting. I think so. But it too. is fun to make yeah. fun of Jimmy as well. It is. Yeah. And uh, our, one of our, <laughs> someone we have banter with is uh, Tony Ayakoviello. <laughs> He says, my selection of Amy Walsh was influenced less by football ability and more by the prospect of the world having to look at either Craig or Jimmy, their face for eternity. <laughs> That's fair. I think both gents would agree yeah, yeah. that it would count as cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the, yes. They'd rather look at Dubs' face than these wow, guys' Wow, I mean, impeccable, right? impeccable teeth. We would go with that, too. And the glamour shot yeah. poses. Look at the nails this week, by the way. And the nails. Right? I know, there's they're been a manicure, better, right? isn't there? Yeah. What is that, mint? Yeah. Mint? <laughs> he knows. Yeah. His toes. Yeah, that's after what you my, my favorite player, Livermento. <laughs> Very fresh. <laughs> Any more comments under that? Uh, there were a few. Um, oh, offensive. let me, well, I'm on the wrong page now, but thanks for okay, that. Okay, good, yeah. good. Well, I thought two were good enough, so you go. Obviously, you can't. You go. The, keep the, the back button yeah. on the computer, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm and the wrong way. Words, that's fine, that's I'm fine, the but, wrong way. But, I mean, you, obviously, we talk about it. You guys miss football a lot in some regards. At the same time, when it was time to hang them up, it was the right time for you mm -hmm. for, for many reasons. When you look at Michael Bradley talking to John Herman and Christian Sinclair talking to Beth Priestman, it comes out, they'll, they'll all say it was the right time for both parties. How difficult do you think those conversations were, Craig? 
really difficult, really difficult for Bev and for John to talk to, to, to Michael and to Christine. There's no question about it because I think sometimes <clears throat> you have individuals, and I'm not saying Christine was there, but I think there was a time over the last year or two where I think that you know, she potentially could have been left out of the team. Like, it was there, you know, and, and to try to do it with some respect that she deserves and that she feels comfortable with herself, that's, that, that takes a certain person to maneuver through that. John Herman was a, a genius at doing that. I mean, he's, he kept everybody on board and he managed to do that really, really well. And I'm sure Bev, they obviously know each other incredibly well, is the same. They work really well and they, they manage players really well. And I think that's what it comes down to. But it's a difficult decision. I mean, Michael Bradley would have thought a year ago, that, I mean, they ran the club just about. His dad's the coach. You know, he's, he's getting his coaching license. He's he had a future in management with his dad there. Yeah, or, up, or sort right? of somewhere at Toronto SC, you'd right. think so, right? And then all of a sudden with just with a blink of an eye, you're like, wow, I'm walking off the field, stadium's empty, we've come off this worst season we've ever had, and it doesn't have the same, you know, glory to it as you as probably what Christine's gonna get. So what a, probably my point is that you don't always get to pick and choose yeah. the moment and the perfect moment you want to retire. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, sometimes you just, it's the end of the season and you just sort of wander away into the, into the night. But um, yeah, you can't always have a perfect retirement and it's tough at the best of times because it is a different thing coming to you. Your, your world's going to change and you might not be attached to football as much as you would like anymore. And that's, uh, I think that's the, the mental side of things that makes it very difficult for, for retiring. Is it ever, Jimmy, on, on the player's terms? We hear that phrase a lot. Oh, it's on, on my terms, I'm retiring. Is it ever really at that point? Are you always pushed a little bit? Um, I think, yeah, sometimes you do get a little bit pushed. Um, you know, and it's, it's always... I think you, you've got to read the script as well and know where you are as an individual. And when things aren't going well, your legs are getting a little bit heavy, you're getting, picking up injuries, you know, you're a step behind now. You know that the manager as well is probably thinking, I want to put this guy on the bench, but I can't really because he's, he's so part yeah, of this team. Yeah, that's and right, yeah. So you, you have to make that decision, and you've got to be honest with yourself as a player um, rather than... You know, the manager's making the decision with you saying, okay, enough's enough now. Mm -hmm. That's true. You do get that sometimes where yeah. players will just hang on because they, they still think they're good enough. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you're not. And your teammates know, it, right? Your teammates know, of course. Yeah. yeah. Everybody Isn't knows. That <laughs> Everybody knows. Isn't that part of it, though, that what makes Christine Sinclair great, maybe Michael Bradley to a, to a lesser extent, but what makes them those generational talents and, and superstars is maybe not that they don't have any self-awareness, but that they just have that unconditional belief in themselves and their own abilities. Yeah. So that it's natural that when it comes to this, you know, twilight of their careers, yeah. that they might need some help getting to that realization that it's maybe time to hang them up. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, Christine loves playing the game. She's 40 years old. She's been doing this for as long as she could remember. But she's still she's doing it right next to you with Paul. And she's still doing it, yeah. And quite honestly, if she, I don't even think she... The goal scoring is a big thing for her, but I don't think... I think she just wants to keep attached to the sport as long as she possibly can. And as long as she can play a part in some way or fashion, I think she's going to do it quite clearly. Yeah, so. I hope so, because if she plays another year with Portland, maybe she plays the next year with the team in Project 8. Ooh, that, well, that's going to happen, isn't it? There's a tease. Let's be honest, that has yeah. to happen. And even at 41, 
42. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a bit of a stretch, maybe, and now I think about it. But, I mean, listen, that league is going to be a league that's going to have to grow. It's a long-term build, right? It won't be the greatest quality at first. 42-year-old Christian Sinclair probably could get a job done there. Yeah. Mm. As, long she's, as long as she's, yeah, able and get around the field as, at some level, she would yeah. be, yeah. Be I just like Amy's foreshadowing. It was very movie-like. Yes. There's was like, <laughs> yeah, like I see dead people. I, I know what's going oh on over God. there. Oh, my God. I just also like to thank Jimmy Brennan for dressing up today. Thanks for choosing your nicest jumper in your, in your closet, Jimmy. It used Welcome. to be white. Well, thank you. Yeah, seriously, is it like that? What is that? Mauve. Mauve. I think the hoodie's nice enough. Yeah, well, it's, it's all right. Did you get one of these Puma jackets? Uh, I did, but I'm not wearing it on TV See? until they start paying us. See? Why didn't, I, why didn't I get one? <laughs> I got mine at Winners. I gave you one. So I don't know. No. I did, you, didn't get a, you didn't get a top. No. I've got three or four of them at home. <laughs> Yeah. What do you, you need really? Yeah. So hold on a minute. Well, wait, wait a minute. There's a box of hats around here somewhere, apparently. You told us on the podcast on Friday and oh, Sunday, yeah. there's a box of hats lying around here with our name on it that, oh. that your, your kids are now wearing. Yes, Ryan Gold, MVP. You, yeah. you were meant to wear that, Jimmy, I thought. I've got it here somewhere. That it's was on the a, desk. That was the whole we'll thing. Grab it. What's that? That was the whole thing. You were going to wear it. We were going to wear them. Jimmy's no, always ready you for, for our production. <laughs> I've only got one left, so I can wear it. But the point is, we're always open to, to clothing sponsorship. Yes, we are. Is what we're saying. <laughs> Come at me, people. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing we won't wear for the right price. That's right. Put it that way, yes. But yeah, you both look very nice, and so do you, Jimmy. And, and it's, not, it's not off-white. It's like a violet. <laughs> it's, oh, a violet? it's not off-white. It's maroon. It's maroon, isn't it? It's, it's not. It's mauve. I've said that already. It's another word you guys <laughs> don't know. What is the difference in mauve and maroon? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, come on. <laughs> mauve but, and maroon. Okay, maroon is more like a, up, very very funny. Funny. Is more like a purple. That, very it, funny. It's a light, pur- light purple. Is that what mauve is? It's more like Jimmy's Eye episode one versus Jimmy Eye <laughs> 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 episode six. <laughs> it's it's I miss Pirate Jimmy. I miss Pirate Jimmy. <laughs> when are they cutting that out? <laughs> well, it's amazing. This is a seven show run. Yeah. This is show number six and the eye is still there. Yeah. Like, not still as bad, there. perhaps, but. Yeah. It's growing on me. <laughs> it's growing on me. You better hope not. <laughs> Crazy. Well, Do you know what? And I was sitting watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. My eyes half closed. <laughs> I looked like a pirate. <laughs> well, back to retirement. Um, do you have any regrets about the way your career's ended at all, Jimmy? Uh, maybe I would like to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Got that? Got my last season out of the way. But I think just the timing of it. You know, maybe I could have played a little bit more. But. Um, I think that would have been the biggest regret. I would like to finish the season. Did, they, did you get a clap off? Did you get anything? Like, we were talking about this. Sinclair is a unicorn. To have a career that you get an opportunity to get say goodbye. Mm. Uh, Bradley, to Craig's point, half-filled stadium. Maybe a career at, at TFC was going to keep going forward into management. That's changed. Did you get anything, or were you on a stretcher at home, no, they, stretching they, your hamstring? No, or something? no. I had a. They set up a day for me where I where I kind of went out onto the pitch and clapped the fans, which was nice. Um, but I think it was. A, I mean, the manager just came in. I think it was Precky, um, and then obviously Mo, Mo Johnson was was there, and there was a lot of turnover within the club, and 
Um, and I thought maybe, maybe I was going to leave Toronto. Maybe I'll go somewhere else, right, to, to play, just because of the way the situation was at the club. And then we just sat down with Mo, and I ended up saying, all right, I'll retire. And he says, I'll bring you upstairs, and you can learn the business side of the, of the sport. So mm. the timing worked like that. But I think <clears> as well, I think they kind of wanted to get me out of the team just to free up some space, <laughs> bring in some other players. But then it was, it was weird because, you know, when I, le- when I left, there was, you know, I saw Bruce Arena and Dom Kinnear as well when we started traveling with the team. And uh, they wanted to sign me. They were like, you, you retired too early. We would have signed you. And I was like... Ah. Where was Bruce Arena coaching at the time? Bruce was... Like, uh, where would you have signed? Was he L.A. at that time? I think he was in L.A. Yeah. And then... Uh, Jimmy Dom, in L.A.? Dom was in Houston. Why did you and not go to L.A.? Well, the Houston thinking? team was good. That's that would have been yeah. spectacular. No, that's, that's why he didn't go there. to L.A. Uh, what's that? No, uh, sorry. I can't remember. Beckham's still there? No, I don't know if he was or not. Did you agree with him, Jimmy? Like when you said, we think you retired too early? Did you... No, there was you, a few managers have... that said that. You know, and I, and I got along with a lot, of the, a lot of the players and managers throughout the league. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they did say that. They said, we but the same, retired too early. Did you agree? But at the same you time... You got an opportunity to go upstairs and and get into the coaching. You were academy coach, and that probably wouldn't have happened if you had left. You might have ended up down there, maybe, but yeah. no, sometimes you making that jump is like you've got to recognize that. And I think you did, and and I think Frank Yellop did the same when he was with Tampa Bay Mutiny and then with Washington, and then he decides to you know go into coaching and he ends up doing really well on the coaching side of things with Beckham and mm-hmm. winning titles with San Jose and Di Rosario and Pat Onstad and whatnot. So um, knowing when that jump is and when there's a potential future for you doing something else that's going to be beyond one year. Well, it's great time in this conversation, by the way. Uh, Dubs, we'll say farewell to you for a few minutes. We'll get you back on later in the show. But right now, we actually have uh, one of Jimmy's former colleagues, shall we say, uh, currently assistant coach with Scotland. Yes, Scotland, who are now qualified for Euro next year. It's John Carver. John, welcome to the show here. Um, Listen, we're, we're talking about retirement and Jimmy Brennan specifically here. Now you coached Jimmy, of course. We're trying to debate, did he retire too soon? <laughs> when, when you were Jimmy as a, as a coach, did you think uh, no, perhaps I'm gonna, he Listen, I'm gonna stick up for Jimmy because he was my captain and he was my leader and he was all the good things. And he used to show us where the best nightclubs were in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> can't be too critical. I can't be too critical of Jim, you know, he's uh, he was a proper leader and a great guy and, <laughs> You know, I should have stayed there a bit longer, but he definitely didn't retire too early. He's, you know, he should have kept going. He still had legs in him, only just though. Hey, John, you, you've done brilliantly well. You know, you've traveled around. You've been all over the world coaching. You've, you've also been a head coach with Toronto SC. Assistant coaching and the head coaching job, what do you see? How do you see that as being the differences? Because there are obviously differences. And how do you, you know, distinguish between the differences and how did you cope with them differently? Well, it's all about pressure, isn't it? When you're the head coach, you're the main man. You make all the decisions. You have to leave Jimmy out of the team every now and again, which I never did. <laughs> which I never did. But I left his best mate out, Danny, Danny Dickio, a few times. And, uh, and you have one or two problems when you're the head coach. But when you're the assistant, you're the link between the, the players and the manager, the head coach. Um, you can never laugh and carry on with the guys. You can go out socially with them. And it just so happens we just had a... Um, Obviously, we had a great celebration the other night after qualifying for the Euros, and uh, I was allowed to take the lads out for a couple of halves of lager, and it was quite oh, nice. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, the head coach, you can't do that, but there is a big... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Difference and you have more responsibility. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be the leader. You've got to make difficult decisions from time to time. Um, but the one thing that I learned from previous managers, and so Bobby Robson was one of them, I'm sure we'll talk about them, but it was about how you handle players. And I thought I handled the players quite well when I was over there. Um, and and you give them the responsibility in the dressing room as the head coach, and you let the players manage the dressing room. And Jimmy was one of those leaders who did that for me. Jim, I'm I'm expecting a brown envelope in the post. <laughs> <laughs> All these nice things. Yeah. But I mean, John, even with Scotland, I mean, Steve Clark was uh, you know a long term number two, you know, over his career, uh, and now look what's happening there. Congrats, by the way, with Scotland. Yeah. Just a, an amazing yeah. feat. Huge. Oh, I keep brilliant. reading about the, the character and the spirit of this team, but is that doing a disservice to the actual ability of these players? There's some proper footballers in that team. Absolutely. I, I went there three years ago, just over three years, um, gone September there. And the, the transformation in the squad from a playing point of view has been incredible. Uh, we've we've had a search, you know, we, we, we've we been struggling looking for centre-forwards, so we went for Shea Adams, who was English, uh, Lyndon Dykes, who's Australian. Um, so we're out there, we're searching. I'm trying to get two or three boys from Newcastle who they're not sure whether they're English, they're Scottish. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I'm Scottish now because the guys up there call me John McCarver. So <laughs> I've got to fit in with it all, you know, so... Um, it is a little bit. I mean, me and Steve go back to 99 when he, he came to Newcastle, Rude Hullet. Um, and we become really good friends uh, socially and and on the training ground. Steve had just finished playing. But when he when he called me up, he, he tried to get me to go to Kilmarnock with him a few years. And he didn't realise I'd went for an interview for the same job. And But he wanted, <laughs> me, to go, he wanted me to go for his as his assistant. Uh, and I kept telling him, look, Steve, I haven't been turned down yet, so just wait till I'm turned down and I'll think about it. I didn't go. Anyway, it, you know, we've got a great relationship. And what he's done is he's built a club mentality within the national team. And sometimes it's very difficult because when I got there, players were refusing to turn up for, for, for the games, pretending they were injured, saying this, that and the other. Now, players who are injured actually want to go and, and, and turn up at a camp just to make sure that they're 100% you know, they want, they want to be there. They don't want to miss out, especially with the success we've had recently. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's been incredible praying grateful. We'll beat Spain. Don't forget that one, of course. Yeah. Uh, one of the great results in, in recent history, for sure. Now, now, Scottish football overall, though, is still struggling domestically. You know, the Premier League's got its issues. What, what has turned the tables internationally for this country? Well, I, th I, think, I think what's happened is, and, and if you look at our national team, we don't actually have many players that are actually playing in Scotland. They've all gone south of the border now, um, and 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 to be honest, 
if they're going into the Premier League, we we like that. But the Scottish League is very, very important. And and it was so disappointing to see the sides go out of Europe pretty early. I think Dundee United did, Aberdeen. You know, some of the sides up there that we were hoping hearts, Hibs, we wanted them to, to have a good run in Europe because experience in Europe obviously helps us when when it comes to national team football. So because it's a different type of football. But but we can never sort of knock the Scottish League because it's it's all bread and butter and we have to get our players from Scotland originally before they move south. So it's it's a very, very important league to us. And as it happens, Steve and myself are going up in two weeks' time for both semi-finals on the Saturday and the Sunday. So looking forward to that. And and it's important because I live sort of on the border. I actually live where they built the Roman wall to keep the Scottish people out of England. <laughs> Hadrian's Wall. Hadrian's Wall, yeah. And I actually live on that wall. It's a place called Heading on the Wall, believe it or not. Um, but I'm quite close to the border. So I spend most of my time up watching games in Scotland and obviously at Newcastle United where... My team's flying at the moment. There's a lead-in for you guys. Yeah, there's a lead-in. Yeah, exactly. And give us your thoughts on Newcastle. How do you yeah. think they're doing, John? Your beloved oh, Newcastle. Uh, listen, it, it's 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 chalk and cheese compared to what it was like when I was there yeah. uh, as the manager and assistant to Alan Pardew. It's very similar to the days under Kevin Keegan, uh, the entertainers, and certainly under Sir Bobby Robson. Uh, and we, we're certainly going back to those days. And being at the game, I actually did the radio... Um, last Wednesday against Paris, sorry, two weeks ago against Paris Saint-Germain. And it was absolutely incredible. It was so emotional. And Jimmy knows I'm quite an emotional guy, especially when I talk about my team. Yeah. Uh, and I did the radio and the guy, um, the host of the show, come to me as the music was playing and they were waving the flags. And all of a sudden I turned to him and looked at him and I went, couldn't speak. I had a big lump in my throat. I had a chair in my eye. Because it was so emotional, it was taking me back to the the two thousand and three, two thousand and two when we were in the Champions League, and all the emotions of standing there in the dugout with Sir Bobby Robson, how proud he was, and how proud I was, and I was in the ground. Then the, you know, twenty years twenty years on from playing in the Champions League, it was quite an emotional evening for me. But what a fantastic performance tactically! Uh, I've never seen a performance like it from a Newcastle team since those days. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what they've done there. They've got an awful lot of money to spend. What type of players would you like to see coming into Newcastle now? You know what? I think, and people talk about this, the business they've done has been outstanding because what they could have done is they could have went into the market and said, right, we want this one, that one, that one, that one. And he hasn't done that. Eddie's been incredible with, with the backing of the owners and Dan Ashworth, the technical director. And what they've done is they've built it up gradually so they've they've got an understanding. They went for a back four with a goalkeeper. That was the first main signings, and 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 they're doing it slowly, slowly, which is which for me is the right way to do it because as soon as you start, uh, uh, people were disappointed when we didn't finish third last year, and I kept saying no, just enjoy the moment, finish fourth, qualify for the Champions League. You don't want that fifth place and playing ten thousand games in the Europa League, uh, which interferes with your league form. I said. <laughs> Be happy with fourth, because don't forget, I was with Bobby when we finished fourth, then we finished third, fifth wasn't good enough, and they fired Bobby after three games the following season. So when you raise expectations, it, it, it creates a different atmosphere in a football club. And I think the way they've handled themselves, I think how they set the team up, how they've introduced players, players who know the league. Obviously, we've got 
Bruno, who's been incredible in Tunal, he's come in from Italy with his uh, issues. <laughs> Should we say? <laughs> um, so, so we've got, we've got, you know, he's brought in the foreign players who understand the mentality of the Premier League, um, which is good. And the one thing he's got is he's got a team of players that understand the system, understand the jobs, work extremely hard for the team, and they're all team players. That's why, you know, one or two players left in the summer and he's replaced them with good players, but also players that play for the team. John, as you find that a little bit frustrating at the international level because you can't go out and buy players. You, like you said, you were struggling for strikers. You're like, you have to actually try and find somebody that's connected to Scotland. It is, you've got your hands tied a certain way. Yeah. Listen, I've got a massive network in this world and we're searching every nook and cranny for a, for a striker because you, you know how important those it is. I'll give you an example. And by the way, Lyndon Dykes and, and Shea Adams and, and Jacob Brown, who are our three at the moment main strikers, they've done ever so well for us. But we will, we are looking to go to another level and we are looking for somebody who can score goals consistently. You know, so we're always looking, we're always searching and, you know, it's not for the one to try and you're right. We can't go into the market. I wish we could because I'd go and get Harry Kane tomorrow. And that would have <laughs> my friends in England, especially Alan Shearer, eh? So if we could find a guy who would get us 15, 20 goals in a, in a, in a, a campaign over Euros and World Cup, we'd be in a, a much stronger position. But let's not forget the guys that we do have, the John McGinn's, the Scott McTominay, the Callum McGregor's, uh, you know, Kieran Turney's, Andy Robertson, We've got abundance now of, of, of talented players. We've got some really exciting young players, uh, Nathan Patterson and Aaron Hickey, uh, uh, you know, both now playing in the Premier League with Everton and Brentford. So so for me, and, and I've missed one young, talented footballer who is exceptional, and that's Billy Gilmore at Brighton. You know, he, he's worked his way into that team. He has a manager who believes in him, and we certainly believe in him. And, and, and so we have a lot of talent it's finding the right balance in the big games. And and you know what? Okay, we've lost against Spain controversially. I must say, and the prophecy seems to follow me wherever I go. Um, <laughs> as, as we know, Jim, eh? Yeah. It's MLS officials. Anyway, um, <laughs> still all these years later, I love it. You, you love I won't them. let it lie. You know what I'm like. I won't let it lie. So, um, <laughs> so losing to Spain, who was seeded fifth, for the Euros, losing to France, who are probably my number one in the world. They've got a great chance of winning it, who are, who are ranked one, and, and England, who are ranked two. So three games like that, you know, in the last sort of two camps is amazing experience for our lads to play and for us to play against because we're playing against the top seeds and winning the Nations League last year and getting promotion into the top pot. You know, everything's on the, going in the right direction, but it's about continuous learning and developing and developing these young players. And like I say, we only have them for 10 days. We borrow them from all these clubs around Great Britain. And we've even got lads playing in Italy now, young young um, Ferguson, Nathan Ferguson. He's played for Bologna and he scored last night. And, and, and you know, there's talk about him going to Juventus. So we've got players also playing abroad that, you know, are doing really well that, are pushing the way into to Steve's selection. And that's why the pressure's on him, because he has to pick the team. And <laughs> well, John, you, you mentioned MLS. Um, what are your thoughts on MLS now? Ryan Gold, for example, in Vancouver's had an incredible season. Um, yeah. 
Is he on the radar for Scotland? If, if not, can Kenny? Yeah, they're all. Listen, let me tell you, I've still got my network. I, I keep telling you, and 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 he's definitely on the radar. Um, there's one or two other lads out there. There's one or two younger players that people, and I'm not going to talk about them because people may not be aware that they are Scottish as well. So we've looked into into the background of family connections, which is very important for us. So you know, MLS is the standard is far better than what it was when. Jimmy was playing. I can't be I can't be nice to you all all afternoon. You know? <laughs> no, no, it was it, it, I mean it's progressed. Um and and I keep a real close eye on it because there's a lot of guys who actually played for me and now coaching out there. I, I mean Robbo was recently with DC United. Um uh the sender half, what's his name? Tyrone Marshall, he's now coaching out there. You know, Nana Decor is a sporting director in USL, I think. So there's quite a few of the guys out there. Todd Donovan, they're all involved. Uh, so I try and keep an eye on what's going on. Um, but it's certainly the 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 product I think is better. Um, I quite like the fact that when I was there, DPs were older retired players like David Beckham who were going there for the Swan Song. I think it's great how they've introduced this younger DP and try and develop the players. I think it's a, a fantastic idea. Um, I just wish it would stop going for young American coaches and give me a chance to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you point. miss it out here, John? I mean, listen, um, TFC has had a challenging season, I think it's fair to say. Obviously, uh, New Horizons now with John Herman, but is it something you would consider to come back to, to North America? Absolutely. I mean, believe it or not, John's from about, I would say, 30 kilometres from where I live. Mm -hmm. um, so he's from the northeast of England. He's from Durham, uh, open concept, um, and he did a great job with the with the women's team and then the the men's team with the national team, uh, and had a great effort. You know, he gave it a great go in in, in the World Cup, um, and I thought, you know, I was I, I was actually really pleased. Every time I hear the national anthem, it gives us a tingle on on, on the back of my neck, you know, um, because I've I've been back to Toronto as Jim will tell you. I've been back many many times, but. You know, it's going to be a difficult job. It's a rebuilding job for him. Uh, let's see how he goes. I would love to come back. I, I've, I've said it many times. I probably left for the wrong reasons, other than mum and dad were pretty poorly and, and they obviously both passed away not long after I got back to England. And Alan Shearer was banging on my door because he wanted me to be part of his staff, but he didn't get the job. And there's lots of reasons. And I want to just put the record straight here. There was nothing to do with Mo Johnson. Me and Mo Johnson are best pals, best friends, and, and we keep in constant contact. And, and everybody was thinking that me and him had a fellow. It was nothing to do with that. It just I needed a little bit of time, and really I didn't have time to, to, to come away and come back to England and then come back again. So I had to make a big decision. And sometimes in life you make the right decisions and the wrong decisions. And, and I would say in all the decisions I made in my life, other than for family reasons, it's probably the worst decision I made. And I regret it because the guys at the top, Tom and Selmy, was unbelievable. He wanted to, he wanted to give me time. There was no pressure on me. I thought the team was moulding and going in the right direction. We definitely would have made the playoffs the way we started the season. But, but there was one or two things that I can't really go into from a personal point of view that was very, very difficult for me. Um, but my wife didn't even want to come home. She, I've, I've got the bags packed, 20 bags going to the airport. 
she was going to stay there and leave me. She said, like, you go by yourself. I've got to, I, I'm going to stay here for a year. She loved it. And um, and we've been back, I've been back so many times. And every time I come back, I, I go to the, the stadium, which is incredible now. I, you know, I've been to the training ground, which is fantastic. Um, which, you know, and a lot of things I was banging the drum because I was, I was quite, I was quite outspoken, but it was all for the right reasons because I wanted the club to be successful. And when they eventually went on and won the championship in two, 2017, was it yeah. when they won the championship? I was delighted. I was delighted when they won the MLS Cup because, you know, all those things I tried to put in place ended up coming to fruition. It was really funny. I'm going to tell you a funny story. We we were sitting in the, um, in, we called it the bunker in, in the office gym. Remember my bunker yeah. in the back? Yeah, yeah. And we had the planner up on the wall for the whole year. And uh, Paul Byrne came in and said, oh, we've got the fixtures and we're going to play against Elliot Galaxy at home on this date. And I went, fantastic. Paul went, why is it fantastic? I went, because David Beckham will be playing for England. It's an international break. And Paul Byrne went, no, no, we need David Beckham yeah. to play last year. He has to play this year. I went, never mind David Beckham playing it. Be real. <laughs> Let me tell you, we're playing that game on that international break, <laughs> all right? We can tell the league that we're keeping it as it is. And he just didn't get it. He didn't get it. You know, I was more about winning games. He was more about selling hot dogs and hamburgers, Coach Beckham. <laughs> Bums and suits, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different era, I guess. But, uh... but, but, but I have, listen, I, I've got, I, it's really funny, you know, when I talk about Toronto and, 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 I, and I, I talk about it with pride. Because I've seen after what happened in the first season and the team we were building and bringing in Guevara and De Rosario and Jimmy Brennan, who was already there. And Carl Robinson, who I haven't even touched on. But And, and I brought Lauren Ribeiro in, had to get rid of him because we needed some of his money to, to free up for some other players. And getting rid of Tyrone Marshall when he just had his fifth little child and sending him to Seattle, I felt it was one of the hardest decisions I've had to make. But... When I when I put the team up on I wrote the team on on, on my flip chart, and I almost had a story about everybody. Some of them were funny, some of them weren't. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, and there wasn't any funny stories about. Yeah, you know, I just remember him scoring at Chivas, one goal, equalised, but we lost the game. I think Jimmy did we? Yeah, we did. We lost. That's, yeah, you're right. I did score that game. Yeah, you scored equalised. I remember it. I, 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 so so. No, he wanted to take me off. He wanted to pull me off, but there was nobody on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no, but it, you know, it was a fantastic time, you know. And one quick story, because I think I need to tell you this, was when it was the international break and we had everybody away, and we had, most of our team was Canadian at the time, Jimmy was away. So we had to we had to draft in all the young lads, Joey Miller and Gay Garler and people like this. And Lee Clark, um, who played for Newcastle Sun and who you guys know, he was across visiting me on his pro license. And uh I was short of a team. So I said to Lee, Lee, have you got your boots with you? Could you play against, I think we were playing Chivas at home. And and he said, Johnny said, I'd love to play. I said, I've got a bad back. We ended up bringing in Tim Regan, who was our scout. He, had to play. <laughs> right. he played left centre-back, Jimmy. You remember it? That's right, yeah. And I couldn't get my head around the fact that we couldn't, like, bring some young players in, but it was all about they would lose their amateur status with university and what have you. And I, like, so trying to get your head around all that was quite confusing, but I had a play. I, I think I had somebody played for me who might've been in jail for robbing a bank or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know him, Jimmy. You know who he is. I can't remember his name. Surely, Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this no, let me see. All right. But anyway, and the team was made up of a scout and a, and, and a trialist and a, yeah. and it was like, so they've moved a million miles since those days. Um, so, so yeah. So. I've got some, I've got, you know, we could spend a whole day talking about Toronto, for oh, sure. John, listen, we'll, we'll get you back for sure, because this would be a great conversation on the podcast. We also have to nice. find out what restaurant, like what kind of food he would want to eat when he comes back uh, here. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you now, right? Business class flights, straight into <laughs> Toronto, then straight to Gretzky's, then straight to Gretzky's for chicken wings. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Is Gretzky still there? No, I don't even know. We have to get to a new place. Still, John, yeah. Is it still there, Gretzky's? No, no it's gone, gone now. But we'll get you another place. We'll find somewhere similar. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Jimmy's got loads. I mean, even even that pub that was picked up and moved across the road, the listed building where Mal the Kitman used to take us all the time. What was that called? The right by the Holiday Inn there. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. The, it was wait, wait, a listed building. Just down, down from Hooters. Street. Yeah. 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 That's right. Actually, you can see me the Hooters if you want. <laughs> <laughs> John, listen, thank you so much, mate. This is really enjoyable. And, and listen, you are missed. You are always, from a selfish yeah. media standpoint, always the best interview. So yeah. thank you so much. Can I just say before I go, listen, guys, this is this is my uh, TFC scarf that they presented to me. Brilliant. Um, and it, obviously you can see it in car where we oh, trust. There you go. But it was because I didn't like wearing red. So they give me a black and white one with the black and white stripes on it. And that was from the Red Hatch boys. They looked after me. So fond memories. For sure. Thank you so much, John. Really enjoyed this. Cheers, guys. Take care. We'll definitely get John on the podcast at some point. Have a, a big old long chat with some some dirty secrets about Jimmy's. Jimmy's he was too nice today. to Jimmy. Way too nice. There was yeah. not one bad thing he said about you. Because there's like, nothing bad to say. Uh, <laughs> well, except the league's come a long way. Well, there's that. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there exactly. was that part. Dubs is back. Hey, Dubs, did you enjoy that? I loved it. I could listen to John telling stories for hours. Yeah, I mean, he's, he worked with everyone, the biggest names, right? Sir Bobby Robson, he worked with for years, right? I remember when, when Sir Bobby died, I interviewed him at BMO Field, and he, he, was, he was crying. It was such a powerful interview. Yeah. Chris Cummins, too. That's right, Obviously yeah. a guy from that part of the world as well. So emotional yeah. about what Sir Bobby meant to football in that region. Um, just much like Wonga means to us and Footy Prime. Yes. Actually, in many ways. Yeah. When you die, we'll cry. You know what? I, I appreciate that. I, I don't mind a little tear or two. <laughs> it's right or wrong. It is G- right Germany, or wrong. Generally, the answers are, are wrong. Because <laughs> they are really Maybe wrong. you do better this week than the previous couple. But hey. People, when you're getting fact-checked on the, the featurette that you put together, and, and they're, they're right, and I'm, I'm still wrong. Um, first question, contestants. Wrong. Going to... Go well, and JC, introduce it. Oh, yeah, go ahead, JC. Sorry, my jacket. I just put it on, too. No one saw that. This is right or wrong. Back to you guys. Thanks, JC. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sharms, first question. Burt Young died this week. He's Polly from Rocky. Ooh. Yeah. Remember? Did yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Name two of Rocky's opponents in the ring. Ivan Drago. Yes. And, um, oh, for oh, the first two rookies. Wrong. Apollo Creed. <sighs> Half points. Thank you. I'll take it. 25 points for Jimmy and for James. I watched actually Rocky Four recently. I, that doesn't age well at all. No. Just terrible. Number mm. four is Ivan Drago, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would. Would Mr. Would Mr. T have been a right answer there? 
Yeah, yeah. Mr. T would have been a. You needed his name, which was Clubber Lang. What about Hulk Hogan? Mr. Yeah. T was his name. Thunderlips. Thunderlips Thunder was his name. You needed Thunderlips. Oh, I'm not even going there. <laughs> that's, who, that's who Jimmy used to go down and see at Hooters. <laughs> Thunderlips. Jimmy Brennan, CF well, Montreal had the lo- second lowest payroll in 2023 in MLS. Yeah. What team had the lowest payroll after oh. we've been talking about all this? Um, I know this. Oh, Colorado. No. Orlando City. Yes, right. Amy Walsh, 25, 25 points. points for Amy. Who were a quite a dark horse, are they not? Mm-hmm. Orlando? Okay, some Amy. might say they're the villa of MLS. Could, some could. Mm. Amy, some might say. Amy, this is specifically for you. What mm. Montreal alt-funk rap dance band <laughs> had a hit Jesus. called Drinking in L.A. in 1997? Oh, my God. I know, I know. Don't say it. I know all the words to the song, but I can't remember the name of the band. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes and Mike came over. Craig? No idea, Dan. Is it Boot Sauce? No, but it's close. They sing Everyone's a Winner. Yeah. Chromio. They're very good, though. They're very I good. I love Crummy. No, Brand I, Van, three grand. Oh, We Brand should all know Brand I mean, Van, three grand. Who are, who are they? <laughs> you, they were fantastic. Well, can be no yeah, points. Zero points. Zero points. Craig Forrest. You were in England at the time, in fairness. Uh, you should know this. I hope so. All right. Which world-class striker was signed from Arsenal in 2000 and signed by your old team, West Ham, but only managed three goals for the club before leaving a year later? to play in Germany. John Hartson. Nope. Ian Wright? Nope. Freddie Lundberg? Nope. What year was this, sorry? 2000. From Arsenal to West Ham? Yep. Striker? Yep. Um, I, think he's, I think he's screwed I up I think he's got, it's wrong. Davor Sukar? Davor Sukar. Oh, Davor. Thank you, I didn't oh. mess up, woo! Yeah. The man of the 1998 world. <laughs> no points. 500 points for Dan. The bar is low. Oh, no like, points. I didn't, I didn't mess once. up. Did uh, you interview him? Here in Toronto, yeah. Lovely and? guy. And he's absolute, like, one of the greatest legends of the football world. He ended up being world. chairman of the Croatian football club. He was, club. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a for great a federation, guy. I should say. Well, he's great. Great interview, anyway. Okay, so this is... Great touch. I think, I think Amy and Sharms will have a good chance at this, but it's a tough one. What is Jurgen Klopp's middle name? Because they're both <laughs> Liverpool friends. Um... Fans. I, I have. N- <laughs> it's a weird middle name. And to give you a hint. Jurgen th- Wilhelm. No, that's kind of close. <laughs> no, no, Jimmy? Doug. <laughs> Adolf. Hey, oh. Stop jumping. It's, it's <laughs> a mis- I'm pretty sure it's not, though, Craig, just so you know. Lorne. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's. The middle eight, name eight, is Lord. Yeah. And you, you can't go with Adolf. His middle name, and I was going to give you the hint that Eddie Murphy made a movie Jesus. called this. Back in the day, our round called it someone like this. Norbert. Norbert. Oh, Norbert is, really? is his middle name. Oh, Amazing. Yep. You like that? I think Norbert's Good question, name. Wonger. Thank you. Every once in a while. Uh, we had Jimmy. Time. We had a time. Canada qualified to the Men's World Cup by beating Jamaica. This is... March 2022. What was the score line? Oh, man. 1-0. No. No. Nope. Amy, you've got an encyclopedic knowledge. 3-0. No. Nope. 
Can you repeat the when they qualified? Last, la okay. what was the score yeah, for yeah. when they qualified? Yeah. It was March 2022. 4-0. 4-0. And it was Kyle Laren, Tejon Buchanan, Junior Hoylet, and of course, the left bench for Jamaica, Adrian Mariapa, had an old go own goal. It was so cold that day. Oh my God, Those it was cold. Those players for Jamaica wanted nothing to do with it. I've never oh, seen a game where there were so many disinterested players. Yeah. They yeah. couldn't qualify at that's that right. point, right? Yeah. That's right. They were miserable. Oh, when the final whistle went, they were in the showers like ASAP. Uh, Amy, Christine Sinclair yeah. has the most caps for Canada. Name mm -hmm. one of the two active players who, in the, who are in the top 10 for total caps. Mm. One of the two active players. Yeah, there's uh, two of them in the top 10 that are active right now. Desi Scott? Very well done. And can you name the second? Because you already got the 50 points for that. Desi Scott and... Look at her, look at her think. Her brain's breaking. I'm thinking. It's an interesting question, that. It is. Wait, let me think. Yeah. No, nope, too long. Too long. Yeah. Too long. All right, you get your 50, but Craig can get 25 by finding one. Oh, never mind. Yeah, don't know. Anybody else? Kadisha? Kadisha's right, 25 oh, points. Oh, I was going to say Keisha. Well, you yeah. didn't know, did you, Dubs? Very know, well done, Charms. Wow, she played Last that question. Wow. This Canadian songbird just played in Toronto. Her hits included Still the One and That Don't, that don't Impress Me Much. <laughs> this will be Shania real. Twain. Yes! That was made was for say Craig. Murray. Isn't she the songbird? No, what? she is. She's the snowbird. Oh, the snowbird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, yeah. Okay. So the winner, JC, who's the winner today? We have a tie. Ooh. No, it's not me. Between Craig Forrest oh. and oh. Amy Walsh. Oh, oh hold, it, hold it up to the camera. Amy, put your hand, your left hand. Put your left hand out. Do we have so a tiebreaker? Like, yeah, tiebreaker. Come on. Tiebreaker. Uh, I don't serious. want a tiebreaker. I'm going to no take No tiebreakers. I didn't make there a tiebreaker. There you go. There, there. it is. There. <laughs> Yay, Craiger. <laughs> it's almost the size of the ashes. It is. It's bigger than ashes. ashes. Is an ashes is tiny. You it told is. me about that. Death of cricket. All right, listen, we're out of time. Um, please, time. everyone, make sure you follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. That includes X slash Twitter, yep. Instagram, Facebook occasionally, although not, not a great not, Facebook. We're not so a great, we've got to no. look on that. YouTube, of course, all yep. our video components go up on YouTube as please well. Please follow uh, One Soccer YouTube and uh, Footy Prime YouTube. It's helping us a lot. And talk to us. We'll talk back. Give us suggestions for topics and yeah. questions. Yep. Um, we're on, by the way, Sunday nights. We recap all the weekend in the football world. That's right. With a kind of an emphasis on Europe, but we'll touch course on MLS and CPL. And then we're back on, obviously, here on Mondays one more time. And what are we going to be doing this weekend mm. in Hamilton, Jimmy? Can I mention the Wednesday show first? Oh, Wednesday show, the, sorry. The foundational show. Right. And then this weekend, CPL final. We'll be there. And Woo. if you see us, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be in Hamilton. Come say hi. Yes. This has been Footy Prime, the podcast on One Soccer. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Cheers for watching. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.